Demons Discuss, bonus edition, the trifecta. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello, everyone. And what are we talking about today, Jean? We're talking about Times Convert. I'm so excited. Yay! Yay! Now, let me ask, is this a spoiler-free Times Convert, or is anything game? I think anything's game. We can anything's do a little. Game. We can do a little bit of spoilering. Okay. Spo- spoiling? Just yeah. want to let our listeners know what they're in store for. That's right. So yes. be aware there's going to be spoiling happening. Because demons do what demons do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you haven't finished, come back at a later date and press play. If you don't mind, continue on. Right. So, uh, yeah, sponsorship time. Let's do that. This podcast is sponsored by our wonderful patrons. Our patrons are the ones that keep you from listening to us talk about products we don't care about. Instead, we get to tell you about our patrons. Our patrons are listeners like you, and they help us keep our microphones on here at Demons Discuss and keep us ad-free. Angela, why should our listeners become patrons? They get all sorts of things, including a double dose of demons. So that would be a demon episode every week, plus all the fantastic swag at various levels. Swag! <laughs> and you know what? You are the over-deliverer, Valerie, because you'll say, you'll get, even when you send like a, a giveaway prize out, you're like, here's extra swag. So you just never oh, know yeah. what Wait. you're going to get. <laughs> yes. You always get the promise fulfilled, but then sometimes you get extra. Yeah, I'll throw some extra stuff in there. You never know. <laughs> you never know. It's, just, it's, like, it's generous. like a gift with purchase. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've always wanted to be Oprah. She's my hero. A little something extra. <laughs> Look under your chairs. Oh. <laughs> and one of these days we're going to do that. Literally. Oh. Look under your chair. Look under your chairs. And watch. People listening to us will look under their chair and look silly. <laughs> Not today, people. Not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, uh, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Okay. I think we should go to our discussion your emails, but I have a speak pipe from Lauren. Ooh. Ooh. Lovely Lauren. Hi, demons. It's Lauren. I just finished Times Convert. It's late, and I'm so happy with this new book. I love the three different threads of the story. I love this story of becoming. Everybody gets to become who they are truly meant to be, whether it's recovering from their past or resolving their future or figuring out where they are right now. I can't wait to see what comes next. Bye for now. She's got some cricket ambience. It's like, oh, I love the it's like we'll it's leave beautiful. the light on for you. Yeah. <laughs> I love how, and I, I mean this in the, the small T sense of the whole twilight, and I can picture her sitting on her little porch and yes. fireflies yeah. and the cicadas. It's yep. just, oh, I love it. Yeah. And I love what she has to say. Yeah, I do too. I agree wholeheartedly, Lauren. All right. So let's go to our discusser emails. Go ahead. Start with yours, Jean. Mine's from Terry. Yay. I finished Times convert in three days. I took my time because I wanted to enjoy it slowly. I've also listened to it on Audible more than once. I tend to re-listen to books rather than reread them if I have the 
audiobook. Marcus's story was so moving to me. His human story with an alcoholic father is so common. My own father experienced that with his. Maybe the story will help me understand my father a little bit better. Matthew and Diana's child-rearing experiences are so true to life. I can remember similar conversations along the same lines of, oh, so this is my fault? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed getting to know Phoebe as a baby vampire. I loved her character in the trilogy and I also love her here. I love the love stories of Marcus and Phoebe and Diana and Matthew because both couples love and accept each other totally. Looking forward to hear the demon thoughts. Terry from California. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. I have a comment on that. Two comments on that. One, I love that Mm -hmm. three days is savoring it slowly. (laughs) (laughs) And all souls time. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And she's not wrong. No, I know. Exactly. Exactly. And two, I love that the concept of using characters and their experiences helping you in your own life, you know, about Marcus's alcoholic father, just because I I take comfort in, as you know, Sarah, and it's just this particular time of my life. It might, you know, move away to a different character in the future, but I think that's really neat to take solace and learn from characters. And to me, it's just a sign that Deb is so brilliant at crafting these characters. Exactly. They speak to your real life. I mean... That tells you that there's depth and real emotion behind it. And she ahead. said at the con, um, or maybe someone in the in the audience said at the con to her that she likes when she sees uh, characters that resonate with you. Like, and she says, "Yes, they see you, so they see your struggles." And she's that's what she's pointing out that they mm-hmm. know what you're going through. So I have one from Christine, and this is from our 360 camera girl. Hello, hello. hello. Yep. She says, I really enjoy this story and I love the back and forth in time that happened. I love following Phoebe's transition and finally learning more about our revolutionary Marcus. His story really reflects who he is and to learn more about Freya, even some about Miriam because of reactions to Phoebe. We see how much Matthew has grown as a father because of how he interacts with Marcus and now the twins. Diana has really brought out another side of him that doesn't seem to have been there since his first family. His nourishing side. I love how at the end, Marcus was finally ready to go back home to show his human history to Phoebe and how the relationship has grown, quote unquote, evermore. Sincerely, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. I love Matthew's second chance. You know, makes me feel happy for him. Yeah, but there was one part in this book that kind of jarred me a little bit. You know, when he was all pissed off after Rebecca bit him? Yeah. Oh, yes. And then he rode off into the woods and Diana's like, you're not that person anymore. And Marcus is like, like, yes, he is. Right, yeah, like, that's true. He did what? say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, what? Okay, I have uh, an email from Michelle. She says, hey, ladies, love Times Convert and was really thrilled in the opening chapter. It turns out that Phoebe is half Asian. As a half Asian woman myself, I love this kind of visibility. And even though it wasn't a major theme of her book, I appreciated the specific calling out of what she looks like, especially for when they cast for her, hopefully season two. I also liked the call out of how her mother understood, quote, giving up an old life in exchange for love. I love that she named her cat Persephone. If you are into Greek myths, you may also enjoy Lore Olympus, a modern retelling of Persephone and Hades in web comic form. Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Persephone. This is the first time I've ever heard that name. Persephone? Yeah. You never heard about Persephone being kidnapped and taken down to Hades by no. Hades? Yeah, no. <laughs> by Hades. <laughs> she's, the re- she's the reason we have uh, seasons. Yeah. And the six pomegranate seeds. and Yeah, no. I love the fact that 
Isabel called her a whiner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only Greek myths I know are the ones Devin played in. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't my strong suit. Okay, so before we get heavily into conversation, I want to say this conversation on Times Convert is sponsored by Leslie Planitzer. Thank you, Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Thank you, Leslie. This book really has three concurrent stories. Marcus's past, Phoebe's future is a vampire, and the family is present. Let's talk about these individually, and then we can talk about them together. Let's start with Marcus. What surprised you guys? That he did run away from his past. He has more than one past. Yes. He wasn't as, I mean, he really wasn't as together as he came across in the trilogy, and that happy-go-lucky exterior hit a lot. That's what surprised me. true. Or his life now could be actually happy-go-lucky in comparison. I think maybe before he like became the grandmaster. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how hard his life could have been. He went from rigid and intolerant at his original family life to kind of floundering. He did the best he could, and it wasn't too bad of a job actually on his own to no. having structure and discipline in Matthew. Um, and then he kind of like, <laughs> I would imagine New Orleans was like, you know what? I'm graduating my all my my high school, and I'm going off to college, and I'm going to go <laughs> do some. <laughs> Merry making. I do what I want. Yeah, and, yeah, you have that illusion when you graduate high school. I'm going to do what yeah, I want. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you're not. You're not going to run oh. your credit into the ground. And-, <laughs> and along that line, too, that what really surprised me was that Matthew was not that great of a dad. I mean, right. I think Freya was the one who stepped into the breach and kind of put him in a better headspace more so than Matthew did. Yeah. Because he, sort of, he was sort of the absentee father. I mean, I was, Matthew like, changed. Him and then dumped him on a boat and said, Okay, see ya. Have fun. Yeah. He was well, like the vampire equivalent of a sperm donor. <laughs> Matthew. Only you didn't have to chase him down for child support. <laughs> Matthew kind of rushed that decision about the boat because look at how long it took Philippe. Philippe gave him a lot of chances before he put Matthew on a boat. And then Matthew just cut right to the chase. He's like, Oh, work for me. Go ahead. <laughs> Boom. See ya. <laughs> Here you go, Gallo Glass. Gallo Glass is like, Wait, I'm babysitting now? Shit. I know. You can't have a new. A new appreciation for Gal Glass. Like, oh, is the one got to be mopping up and babysitting and hiding the stuff. Gee, and- <laughs> Jesus Christ, not again. Yeah. I'll go Gal Glass. Yep. Well, and here's the thing. As we sit here, that makes me think even more. Don't forget, he's on a straight timeline. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Jeez, so please. it's like he's already dealt with like the whole 1590s and Diana and all that bullshit. And then now he's back to dealing with old Matthew in this crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Well, you and if you think about it, POV is? being on the straight timeline, well, I guess he wouldn't know that Marcus becomes the head of the KOL when they time walk. But I was going to no, say, he, yeah. no. he hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah, he, doesn't know, he doesn't know what a good job he's done. Yeah. <laughs> I did what I was supposed to do. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he and Hancock are going, what the hell now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Hancock, that's right. Hancock would know about it. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Right. And I, <laughs> you got to think, does Galagos think, okay, does this all fit in the picture? Or, I mean, when they go back yeah. in time, do they tell them about Marcus? Or is that right. one of the conversations yeah. he had it's with like, him? What were, what were the conversations that were had with Galaglass? Galaglass and, and what did Galaglass and Philippe talk about? And what right. were in all those letters? God, right. there's a whole packet of letters that are sitting somewhere. Think yes. about that. Yes. Oh, yeah. And we think find, about Yeah. That. And then we find out his name is Eric. That's mm-hmm. like, wow. Wow. Okay. Friend zone Eric. I know. 
<laughs> or yeah, because we already the the non friend zone. Eric is from True Blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking he's friend zone Eric. Yeah, yeah. Which is everywhere else. <laughs> right, right, right. Team Eric. Okay, <laughs> we'll get back to the correct vampires. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think the things that surprised me: his horrible dad. His horrible. dad. He was. Oh my god. And then it's kind of explained away where his dad had seen war and was changed after that. And I mean, no excuse for the constant drinking. And I'm sure he abused his wife and Mm -hmm. he's he's just no good. I mean, usually, I mean, I would think a lot of times alcoholism has a root cause but that doesn't explain mm-hmm. or forgive the narrative you create for your family, which was an awful one. Yeah. Well, and on the other side of that coin was the way Marcus looked up to Thomas Paine as a father and, and the uh, the mirror, kind of the mirror images of their deaths. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, that was very poetic how Deb did that. And he kept running off to go to war. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, he had to sneak out to go to war. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, really? I, I must have been bad at home. That's what I was thinking that if you're it's like yeah I'm gonna just go fight real quick maybe I'll be back that was definitely one of my two favorite parts of Marcus's strand was that uh, one when Matthew appeared on the page as the shadow and then two Sarah Bishop (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) OG Sarah Sarah was so much fun yeah yeah. Did you think when Sarah showed up and then she says, okay, we're not ready for you yet. Did you think she was having a premonition? What is Maybe. That whole little passage was so full of like, Pat. hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, the whole thing about when John Proctor says something about something a little more than rum and she's like, no, not, not here. here. Right. Not here. Not I was here. like, he was, uh, to me, that was, he was definitely asking for some sort of magical intervention. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. It was such a full and fulfilling passage because one, it fills in the backstory and a discovery of witches because he tells Sarah Bishop, the current Sarah Bishop, you know, your ancestor taught me how to set a leg after Bunker Hill. Okay, so flash forward. Here we are. This is after Bunker, Bunker Hill and he's setting John Proctor's leg. Yes, who is also Diana's yes. ancestor. Ancestor, exactly. So it comes full circle. But then the, her premonition at the end of it is like, whoa, mm-hmm. so much yeah. left. Yeah. Okay. So here's the passage. It says, there are ways to serve the cause of liberty that don't involve bloodshed. The army is going to require surgeons far more than soldiers, Mistress Bishop pointed the end of her pipe at him. Her eyes were dark, the pupils huge. Marcus shivered at the sight. It must have been the drink and the smoke that made her look so strange. Then she said, your time has not come. She continued her voice dropping to a whisper. Until it does, go home where you belong, Marcus McNeil. Be ready. When the future beckons, you'll know it. Yes. So, yeah, she kind of went into a trance. I've seen too many episodes of that was supernatural goddess. to not yeah. be otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was goddess speak. Yeah. I really think that was goddess speak right there. That wasn't even Sarah Bishop. And I missed it the first time, but this last read, I was like, oh, Sarah's having premonitions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, th- think, think about this, too. She was in a field hospital. She really was. If you think about it, she was constantly standing at the crossroads. Yeah. Yeah. With, yes. li- you know, she's standing in the middle of life and death right there. Yeah. yeah. She 
yeah. was neither here nor there. So definitely. So what did you think when he took ill and Matthew changed him? What was your whole impression of that transition well, for him? I could say after the fact when he's like, well, don't you remember I told you that? And I'm like, the guy was like on his deathbed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was no. starting to annoy me a little bit. <laughs> right. Uh, I thought I heard something like that, but I thought I was dreaming. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, like that. Yeah. Come on, Matthew. You thought you were with the Virgin Mother and St. John, for God's sake. Yeah. Well, and the reason and that he did busting, it. And you're busting his chops? It's almost like Matthew went after people because he they fascinated him. A Cecilia, you know, a Marcus. He was yeah. charmed and fascinated. Yeah. And, yeah. Or fixated. It, you know, it, it's a very um, immature. It's kind of like poor impulse control, too. Yeah. Yep. And when I mean immature, it's like that's something a child would do. It's like, ooh, this fascinates me. I think I'm going to take it apart. Right. I still do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> do you think that might be his demon, Matthew's demon blood, too? Uh, could be. Yeah, could be. Because he wants another. To f- trying to figure out what makes it tick. Offshoot, offshoot of his blood rage? Probably. I think it's just something like uh, I'm the only thing I can relate it to is like some kind of an OCD. Once you're fascinated, once you're mm-hmm. like, I have I have ADD and hyper focus. So once I'm focused into something, there's, it's hard to break it. I have to pick it apart and figure it out. Otherwise, I'm never going to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. I see. So and, I don't think Matthew's that different. No, and he's very intense. I mean, look at the call to mate with Diana versus Marcus's call to mate with Phoebe. I mean, it's undeniable and it's strong, but Matthew's is always like so much more intense, whatever it is. Yes. Yeah, there's, always, there's always some sort of, as I'm sitting here right now thinking about it, it's like there's always some sort of element of impulsivity with Matthew. Mm-hmm. And I think this part of the story really bears that out. Yeah. Very much ruled by infatuation and emotions. Right. So what did you think of present day Marcus when we see him interacting with the present day family? I liked it a lot more. I'm like, I'm just, I've come, I've had a long road with Marcus. I've always liked him, but now I enjoy mm-hmm. him. I enjoy mm-hmm. him. Yes. Yeah. I had a clear picture of him sitting on the deck that Matthew had built upstairs uh-huh. uh, at the castle, like the lookout, but you know, he was using it as a deck with his glasses the, the, on. The, I could the, totally the lo- picture it. <laughs> the lookout that also looks like it belongs on the top of a New York apartment building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I kept thinking of is like, and this sounds crazy, the sex in the city where they were always up on the roof. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that, but a little bit fancier. Yeah. Gene, yeah. you and I had discussed briefly, um, I didn't see when Fernando declined to lead the, the KOL in the Discovery of Witches and he compared Marcus's charm and charisma to Philippe. I'm like, I don't see it at all. But Gene, you had brought up yeah. some passages here in Times Convert that Deb is subtly filling in. And now I can see it. I can see more of the comparisons, yeah. the more we know about him. What passages specifically? Gene, you brought up his advice to almost like the think, stay alive vo- uh, advice. Oh, yeah. He, he, he basically did the think, stay alive speech. I love the way he blurted out that, you know, y'all are putting Philippe on a pedestal and he doesn't belong there. <laughs> that well, was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. And then Ghost Philippe is going, yeah, he's right. <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> Ghost Philippe. Oh. That just cracked me. Ghost Philippe was probably like, that was a lot of totally. pressure. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and just like when you're the parent, you can't let your kids think other. You don't want them to put you on a pedestal, but you can't let them think you're not in charge and know all the answers. You have to stay alpha male, man. Right. I am the alpha. Oh, when he was talking to Gertie, that's right. Yes. Yeah, and he's like, you know what? Just 
Keep keep your head down and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Keep your opinions to yourself. This is at the whorehouse, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I also love that it, it, in that whole same passage, it was like, oh, the Marquis only brought a dozen men with him. And I think two of, two of them were uh, Matthew and Hancock, I think, was floating around. And it seemed like there were Knights of Lazarus on all running around on all sides because uh, Baldwin was with the Jaegers and then John Russell was with... John Russell kept coming back from the dead as different John guys. Russell. Yeah. Mark, freaking oh, Marcus what the he fuck like, out. He was like, Cole? <laughs> he was like, what? Yeah, then, like, that was a good acting job. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God, that was so hilarious. And then there was he was a third person, and it's like, wait a minute, that's John Russell. He keeps popping up everywhere. I know, it was almost a, it was almost a joke, in a way. Yeah. Right? It was yes. kind of like a running, it was a running gag. It's like, you again? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm trying to think I if there's that. anything else about Marcus that really stuck out to me. No, um, he kept saying that he was waiting for proper father or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. True father, I think. A it was. true father, yes. And I was always wondering, was that Matthew or was that one of his other father figures along the way that he kept or watching? Thomas Paine? I don't right. know. Oh, Maybe and, there were fathers in different aspects. There was yeah. Dr. Otto and Zeb. Zeb, uh-huh. yes. And Tom, uh, the the other doctor, Tom, was it Tom Beckwith or Tom, uh, the one that he wasn't supposed to be going oh. to see because his father wanted him to use the other doctor. In the right. Village. He kept going to this doctor for salves and stuff for his yeah, mom after she was seated. No, that was before Dr. Otto. Oh, okay. Otto. Got yeah. It. Otto was the one that was in who plucked him out of the yes, that's associators. Right. In, yes, correct. <laughs> You're going to be my assistant. <laughs> Do you wonder if Thomas, uh, Dr. Thomas whose last name is escaping me right now. He had a lot of herb lore. Do you think maybe there was something a little witchy going on with him that Obadiah didn't like? I think medicine was like that back then, though. Yeah, well, yeah. But I'm just wondering if there was something more to Obadiah's dislike of the cheaper doctor. Huh, I don't know. Thomas Buckland. Oh, Buckland, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that was the other doctor. Was that the one with the smallpox? Mm -hmm. Here we are with the smallpox again. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's one. The smallpox are bad. <laughs> play a very large role here. The way yeah. they dis- the way Deb described it, though, oh my god, yeah, it, was, it was much. <laughs> I was like, no, no, it's too yeah. much. Deb is very descriptive, well, sometimes too but, much. <laughs> but I think she, I think she also needs to make a point because I mean, people now don't even get the vaccine anymore. They're, yeah. they're so complacent. It's like smallpox is a big fucking deal, and it's a miserable way to die. Well, they don't give out the vaccine anymore unless you're going overseas. Yeah. But people are refusing to give their kids measles shots. I mean, oh, yeah. simple stuff. And it's and like, that'll kill you. Ah, come on. And, and the thing is, it's like smallpox is not, you know, people keep saying, oh, it's eradicated. No, it's not. Not eradicated. It's just no. tamped down for it's now. It's very, yeah. So that's interesting. And there's a lot of, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, and I, th- so I think maybe in a subtle, Subtle, not subtle way. Deb is trying to make a point about vaccines in this book, too. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Marcus's full name, Marcus Raphael Galen Thomas Chauncey de Claremont. So we get a good picture of where those all come from now. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. 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 I like it, too. Which one of your which one of those names is your favorite? I, I like Chauncey. Uh, yeah, you guys like Chauncey. I still like Raphael. I like Raphael, too. I, w- I would like to see more of him being Raphael. I, we didn't get any of those snippets in this book. Yeah. Though, it sounds, Ra- though Rafe sounds like a great alias to be using. 
in New Orleans, yeah, to be honest does. with you. Rafe and Ransom. Ooh. Right. <laughs> so what did you think about him and Ransom? I mean, Ransom was... Oh, Ransom was, was like... He was trying to game con, Ransom, man. and Ransom just, like, took his show on the road. Right, <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> I loved Ransom. I was like, damn, uh, Ransom, that's foul, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, he was he was like such a perfect con man. And the funniest thing is, I in my head right now, I keep seeing um oh god, what's the guy who plays Harvey Specter on suits. I keep seeing Gabriel, god, I can't think of his last name. I keep seeing him as Ransom in my head right now just because he's he's you can tell he's always playing all ends against the middle and kind of running mm-hmm. running a con every minute of every day. When I first read that, I was like, oh, damn, this guy was no joke. Right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so when we first met him, he was flipping a die constantly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's where that came from. And it was from. probably loaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the snake doubt. oil met it. Yeah. Oh, man. And then he was even like the little snake oil salesman. And uh, right. do we get three card Monte or do we get a shell game? Yeah. Which we got. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious so much fun he was a fun character and what did you think about uh marcus's first meeting with philippe and his isabeau isabeau took to him right away yeah yeah i mean it was almost like an affinity yeah Yeah. because of the blood in the veins i think so i think it just makes me think of our last episode where he's like all yakking back at her it's like how dare you talk to your grandmother like that but but then when you look at look at the roots of their relationship i think they're so comfortable with one another yeah that you can yak at his yak at his his grandmother like that right he's also a favorite of the favorite yes this is true Mm -hmm. the fact that he's even you know and even well, when he acted back, he wasn't that. It wasn't he was that frustrated. He wasn't disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. yeah he wasn't dis- disrespectful. She wouldn't even bat an eyelash at it any- anyways. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, she wasn't batting eyelashes that much in this whole book. She was fabulous. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. When, when she came pulling up in her God knows what convertible at five miles an hour with the trunk load of champagne. Was it Alpha Romeo? They didn't, I don't think Deb said. But all Marcus kept going. It's like, this car goes blah, blah, blah so fast. And you're driving it like a golf cart. <laughs> right. Wasn't Alon driving it and she was just kind of yeah. riding with her scarf, yes, yes, barely blowing because they're going like four miles an hour. <laughs> yes. Yes. And she's like, oh, I brought some good champagne because you don't ever seem to have it. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my, my interpretation God. of that, her just riding slows, she just wanted to enjoy her car ride, man. Because I'm sure if they went a million miles an hour, they'd be there well, in like five minutes. <laughs> right. It also plays into the whole thing with Phoebe and what she admired so much about Isabel and how being a vampire meant she wouldn't have to rush through life. Yes, right. I mean, that was such a yeah, beautiful. True. Well, not beautiful. It was actually a really funny visual picture, but still, I mean, it's like there it is. It's like I don't have to go 100 miles an hour to get where I'm no. going because I got all. I would the picture time Isabel would only need to go as fast enough to make her scarf flow in the wind. <laughs> yeah, just yes. so you can get a good shot, you know? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so this is a perfect segue into Phoebe. So let's go into Phoebe. And what were your impressions of Phoebe in this book? I loved her. Yeah, I did too. I love the difficulty I, she had. I loved the choices she wrestled with. I loved her irreverence. I loved, I loved her fake apology. I loved <laughs> oh, God. oh my God. She was so recalcitrant. It was beautiful. It was perfect. 
Yes. And and so you brought up the picture of Isabel Jean with her scarf, uh-huh. right? Just enough to blow. There's a point in here, and I know I told you guys about this. Remember Holly mm-hmm. Golightly with her sunglasses? Yeah. Yep. Yes. And she had just come in after fucking up and almost attacking somebody. Come in from getting, uh, what do they call that? Is it light sick or... God, when you have too much light. Light, Yeah, light sick. That's what they called it. Yeah. So she was light sick. Jason had to drag her inside and she's sitting by the fireplace, all pouty. I can picture her with these big sunglasses on with a Holly Golightly face, just like, "Mm." and Miriam was like, yeah, so how'd that go? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How'd that work for you? Yeah. And I actually loved Miriam in this book. I really did. I mean, oh I loved God. Miriam before. I really loved her now because Miriam's the type of mom I've always been. And if you yeah, have yeah. ever ever had a question, that's me. I yeah, just kind of well, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you broke it. You fix it. So yeah, no, I I think that works. That as a total outsider to the experience, it, it seems to me that that approach works better with a teenager than a toddler. Because even when Phoebe's a toddler, she's not because she does. She's capable of reason. Yeah, sort of. You know what Somewhat. I mean? Somewhat. And with her cat, do not name it. She's like, and she just flouts it back in Miriam's face. <laughs> this cat has a name and I didn't kill it. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that that kind of freaked me out, though, because I really thought she was going to kill that cat. I did, too. Oh, yeah. Gr- gruesomely, yeah. Which which brings me to getting a little bit deeper into the vampire world when that woman was invited over to feed Phoebe for the first time. Oh, yeah, this is the first time we're hearing of this service. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what is this business? <laughs> kind of like the milkman, but not. <laughs> right. <laughs> I loved it. It makes sense, though. Do we want to tell our audience uh, what Deb said about middle-aged white yes. women? go ahead. Oh, God, that was like the best story ever. Jean, go um, ahead. Tell. Okay. Tell yeah, us a so, story. So I'll tell the story. So we're like standing, standing in the signing line, waiting to talk to Deb at the con. And she asks us, you know, what we thought about Times Convert because, well, she figured out we early arcs. <laughs> yeah. And because we gave them to her to sign. Gra- <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. As one demon's godmother does. Um, yeah. Yes. And so we're talking about it and I made the comment to her about how hilarious it was that Phoebe's second choice was middle-aged white women and do- does that make us Pinot Grigio for vampires? She's <laughs> like, let me tell you about Phoebe and middle-aged white women. I was so, what did she say, pissed off at her at this I point? I was this- so fucking piss is what she said. I was so fucking pissed at her at this point in time that I just felt I had to let everyone know that Phoebe was just sucking the life out of me. Yeah. Hence her affinity for the the blood of middle-aged white women. Yes, exactly. Good story time. Yay! It was a really good story. So if anybody heard us laughing uproariously through the halls of the Science Institute, that would be why. And then when we're walking away, we're like, did she really say that? And we had to confirm with each other. Yeah, she really said that. (laughs) Yeah, we've been holding that in for a long time. I'm glad we got to finally say it. It's such a fun story. It's such a great story. So what did you think of 
the growth stages of a vampire, how they counted days. Like on her 21st day as a vampire, they treated it as like a 21st birthday. It's so I thought it was a interesting. Well, actually, it makes sense because from a genetic standpoint, the transition from human to vampire is an accelerated mutation of all of your cellular structure. So yeah. despite the fact that in one way it's like, okay, vampires have the luxury of time. Yeah. Yeah. And in their actual transition, they don't. Yeah. Everything happens so quickly That's and true. it can go and it can go so wrong on a dime. Right. If, you, if I look at it from the perspective that Deb says, you know, it's kind of like a what to expect when you're expecting book. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, I remember reading that book and going, okay, Harlow's going to be 24 months today. This is what's going to start happening. And it's like she actually translated that onto the page for vampires. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's never what it's like, no, actually. No, never. No, and that's no. what I say. Like, naively, I said, okay, this is what's going to be happening. And then you fret. Like, it's happening too soon. It's happening too late, you know. Or, yeah. yeah. It's not happening. Right. Yeah. The, checklist, the checklist is not correct. What's wrong? Yeah. yeah. And they all develop at their own pace. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. What did you think of Phoebe's family? Ah. Uh, Human family. Chapter one. I was a little surprised that she was of Indian descent. I didn't know that. I mean, it doesn't make a difference. I wasn't shocked or anything. It wasn't like, oh, it was more like, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't get that sense from her. And I guess that's not part of her identity because she is mixed or, or something. Mm-hmm. I don't she know. She was a diplomat's child. Yeah. I do, I do like Deb gives us the outlines and then colors them in, so, yeah. so to speak, mm-hmm. um, with narrative. Right. Oh, I couldn't stand like her I said, I was, I, Oh, yeah. I know. Well, Stella. <laughs> yes. yes. Do you know what? As everything was going on about, oh, why don't I, why all those things that I don't like about Phoebe that were kind of actually ephemeral? It was actually so, Stella. Stella. I mean, <laughs> those people were describing Stella. They were not describing Phoebe. Yeah. It's almost like Stella was jealous that Phoebe was getting to be a vampire. Oh, I think Stella, Stella was jealous of her getting to be a vampire. Stella was jealous that she was living in the lap of luxury with Freya yeah. and she was like shrouded in this cloud of avarice every time right. she came onto the page. It was like, I, yeah. I would imagine that she felt that way. I, at least I picture she feels that way about Phoebe. No matter what Phoebe's lot in life would be, she'd always be jealous. Oh, Phoebe, of course Phoebe gets to do that. Of course Phoebe gets to do yeah. that. But it's like, right. she hasn't made that happen for herself or even pursued or even thought of pursuing it probably. Right. Yeah, she's waiting for it to drop in her lap. Yeah. Right. That that was uh, interesting, the, the yeah. dynamic between Phoebe and Stella. The mother understood that she wanted to be changed into a vampire. The dad was really you can change your mind you can run away you know I, I thought that was interesting you know what what was really interesting is it kind of mirrored Marcus's whole worry about her not wanting to mate in a way think about it her parents marriage was kind of a mixed cultural marriage and uh-huh. Marcus and Phoebe when they made the decision to take the leap was a mixed creature marriage too mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean she just she made the commitment to shift over to a vampire but she fell in love with him as a human I think and yeah. that was back to Michelle's point in her email is she understood what it meant to quote give up a former life everything love, right? yeah oh yeah yeah i could see that definitely that's a lot to give up though but there's a lot to be gained yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah that's a big decision i don't know well and I, the way they juxtaposed it a little bit with the did high tradition yeah. as far as her conversion it was really she was all in she, well she was all in and she didn't really lose her family per se no which i thought was really an interesting approach and i wonder how many if any of the old school declaremonts had that luxury or if they were all pretty much in the situation that marcus was in where they just had to walk 
away. I imagine this was rare that That's she what I was wanted to. Too. I want to do this properly. Mm-hmm. I want to I, I, because from everything we've heard about somebody being made, it's usually an extremist or in death. Mm-hmm. Something has to be happening, right? I mean, in Gal- order to make Gal- that Glash, Hancock, Marcus, yes, um, Isabel, Isabel was forced. Um, yes, the only one Baldwin, that it says Baldwin, Baldwin wasn't. Was like, I, wasn't. No, I can't. Ima- I can't imagine this whole period though. This waiting period, this or this transition period with Baldwin. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that it was high ceremony, and I also wonder whether he had a human family to walk away from at that point. Right. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. And speaking of Baldwin, I mean, I fo- found it really funny that Phoebe was so close to Baldwin where she was willing to bald face lie to yes, Miriam. Right. And, and say, then just, then uh, just Baldwin, Baldwin. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Baldwin said this was okay. I'm like, oh shit, I might have to call him and tell him right ahead of time. And with no fear, she's like, I'm going to just call him. Yes, right. <laughs> right. And I would think anybody else in the family would have fear to be like, oh, you lied to me because I don't know. She had a different kind of relationship with Baldwin yeah. than even oh, Marcus. Yeah. So, well, he took to her too. I mean, the whole family took to her. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, Matthew was standoffish, but I'm, this is Matthew, Matthew though. Matthew, right? <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. I know. Matthew takes a while. All right. I'm not unlike Matthew in that way. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Me neither. No. Anything else about Phoebe that you want to talk about? Just Team Phoebe. Add her to the list. I know. I know. And... and I loved how resolute she was about, you know what, I'm going to become a vampire and I'm not going to change my mind. Yep. Right. That's she, the word I'll always like associate. Diana. It's like, what? dude, you're not, you're not going to tell me something that's going to make me fall out of love with you. Right. And that way, Marcus is so much like his father because he kept giving her the out. Yeah, that's true. This is true. And I think part of Marcus didn't want to believe that she'd still even want him oh, yeah. after she was changed. So it was like it was like Matthew Light when it came to the romance thing. True. But I mean, look who he had to model after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> wasn't he a virgin when he, <laughs> when he was changed? Yeah, he didn't have that. Veronique, of all people, is like, oh, oh my God. yeah. Mm. Like, of all the people to hook up with, she was like a racy girl. Well, you know, he got jumped in the gang easy. <laughs> 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 oh, and is and Aunt Freya? Oh my God! Yeah, we'll have to talk about her. In a minute. Okay, I love her. so do you want to talk about her now, or do you want to talk about when we're talking about the family's present? You want to talk about her? past let's Freya let's, or let's Phoebe? Talk fa- let's talk about past Freya first. Okay, or all the Freya? I mean, actually, all Freya, Freya, <laughs> Freya, Freya ties Freya, all Freya, of Freya, it together. Three sixty, yeah, yeah. three sixty Freya. <laughs> I love her. For, I love it. Yeah. So, so much. I think she's my new favorite. Sorry, Varen. Yeah. And she's not how I expected her, which that's what I love, that it's never how I expect because it's so much better than what I could possibly imagine. Uh But just hearing about her in A Discovery of Witches, I pictured her more ferocious, militant. Yeah. The way Matthew described her in Shadow of Night. But now I have to think of the flawed narrator, the freaking, you know, because Matthew, the way he describes things, it's tainted yeah, and, and at the and the, and the way he was like oh my god no, fucking no 
don't bring, don't, don't invite Freya at the end of Book of Life. Yeah. Well, and the way and he says, like, okay, she's so and frightening, I was, she could like, strip paint. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe, like but in the best way possible. Yeah. I was picturing somebody that was like so militantly feminist that it just defended every one of his sensibilities. Yeah. You know, spewing Catherine McKinnon at him and the whole nine yards. And I just, had no idea what I pictured. And for having the name Freya, I pictured much more warrior-like. And maybe that's just yeah. a figurative yeah. thing. Not, more Scottish. Yeah. 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 But she's just... I did, yeah. I didn't think she'd be so fancy. Right. So refined. Oh, she's so yes. fancy. She's so refined. And it, it, she's, and the whole thing of it is, is it's like, she's funny. She's funny and she's congenial and she gets along. I mean, it's, she's certainly not somebody I would want to cross. Right. No. But she's still somebody you want to hang out with. And I can see why she gets under Matthew's skin. Because <laughs> <laughs> she knows every single soft spot he's got and knows how to push his buttons. And Matthew's such a fuddy-duddy, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it doesn't help matters that she's like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't care what you I'm say. Do. Yeah. This is true. A lady of many tastes. <laughs> and I'm so, thinking that's probably one of the things that really gets under Matthew's skin because in spite of everything, he still seems to have issues with that. Yeah. Where do you think her familial alliances lie? So if you take Baldwin, Matthew, Marcus, Varen, the ones we know about anyways, because you know that Baldwin and Varen are thick as thieves in Book of Life. Right, right. Um, I think she's, it, it varies. I it think she's day to day or she's just a lone wolf, a solo. I think she's, I think she's a lone wolf. Yeah. yeah. I think she's Switzerland. <laughs> she gets along with everybody, but she's going to keep her own counsel at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. She, again, she, she's another variation of Philippe. And I, I, I said jokingly in the group that she's Baldwin with boobs right. in a way because she's very strategic and she can be very warlike, but she's on the spectrum. She has more, she has far more charisma than Baldwin does. But I well, think she's. If you filed down Baldwin's edges, it'd be kind of the same vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and part of it is has, probably has to do with her femininity to begin with, right. which just naturally files down some of those edges, or at least the perception of those edges, because she's she doesn't come across brittle and bitchy at all. Right. Whereas Viren kind of has that bitchy edge sometimes. I guess I didn't see it as bitchy. I just saw it as an edge. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. When you start putting them on a spectrum. Yeah. True. The spectrum is as Matthew would perceive them, not normal people or women for that matter. And I can see why Diana and Freya are good friends and hit it off. I could see it. Very strong-willed women. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the family as present. And the twins. Oh, Oh my God! I loved it! I loved it! I think we all agree that this is the story we weren't looking forward to or didn't didn't have an opinion really favorably and it was surprised us favorably. Oh my God, yes. It came out so good. It was so good. So good. I mean, to find out, Philip has a familiar... Oh my god. Oh my god. And he's a weaver. Yes. And he he's like weaving his first spell, not even thinking about it. You, you remember how much Diana fretted? Yes. And he was right. plucking his and he was plucking the strands of time off of off of Marcus and trying yes. to fix it. He was he's so trying to cute. fix the owie. He didn't like people being hurt. Right. No. Oh. He's an empath too. When uh, yeah. when Rebecca bit Matthew and she they're like, Oh my god, is she gonna apologize? He's like, I'm sorry, Dada. And he's not even 
waving around. I'm like, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so cute. It's always the boys. I just, I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> I don't want to like, start getting all Kathy Lee with all that's my cooties. <laughs> I was going to say, Philip reminds me of your Brecken. Yes, yeah, he totally. Yeah. Is, totally. <laughs> he would apologize to try to make me happy or satisfied. Or uh-huh. are you are you good, Mom? Are you good? I know Ace is the same way, but Ace is the same yeah. way. He's just twenty seven now, so he, he brings me coffee now. <laughs> uh, that he buys with well, your you card. To, <laughs> that he buys with my card, but you know. He at least brings it to me. I'm that's like, true. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that counts for something. That does count for something. Oh my gosh! And when when Isabel was like, "Yeah," the, and now everybody's freaking out about the familiar, and then she's like, taps on her arm, and she's like, flies it like a falcon. Yes. Oh my I know. god! I know we're not going to get to see that if it, we get that far in the series, but oh, what a mental picture that was! It was just so. It was like this crazy, crazy mixed up version of Lady Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was like a man- Ladyhawk mashup. And Rebecca, I just loved how she just threw a tantrum. She was just yeah. like, no. Uh-uh. Right. <laughs> And she bit everybody. Yeah. (laughs) She was so frustrated by so much. I wonder what she she was so frustrated about. Well, Philip's getting all the attention. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Philip has this new being to pay attention to. And is not paying attention to her. He's not paying attention to her. And and the way she sees it, Philip belongs to her. Mm -hmm. They're twins. So that's how I saw it. But when she bit Baldwin, oh my God. Wow. And then he was like over it. <laughs> right. Way. Yeah. He, I love when he, he does well. things. He has an opposite reaction of what you're going to expect. Is that, I mean, I probably a good portion of the people out there or readers out there would think, oh, my God, he's going to blow up. And nope. <laughs> he's going to rip her head off. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Like, and then, and then, nope. And then, down the road, it's like, oh, honey, they're not feeding you right. We're going to go out and hunt pigeons tomorrow. But what I loved about it, he's like, Philip, we're going to take you too. We're going to get pigeons for you too. Aww. Yeah. I mean, he's still got the thing against witches. I mean, how, do you blame the dude? Yeah. <laughs> witches killed his daddy. You know, he, he's still upset about that. Right. It's not, not a long time ago. I think it's just he has the affinity for he's he's going to be the pushover for the niece as opposed to the nephew though too. Yeah, yes, yes perfectly. And another part of that is probably the uh, way he was brought up. Boys were never indulged. Yeah, yeah. and another part of that is she actually likes him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a connection. There's a connection. So, I mean, uh, I can only compare it to someone who doesn't like cats, Jean. Yeah, but the cat comes up and likes mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, oh, I like him too. You know? Likes my, likes my Becca. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. I so do. If somebody, I think they recognize something in each other. Yeah. Which brings me back. Oh, yeah. Which make, brings me back to my genetic questions with Shelly. Okay. Especially. Now, do we have to call Shelly and put no, her on the line? <laughs> no, no, no. She's working on this. She put something in the our chat box, our, oh, okay. our event box. Okay. Uh, not only with the, like the Weaver and Isabeau, I'm, I'm or the familiar. I'm wondering if since we've got these fantastical beasts that are familiars like the fire drake and now we've got a griffin and mm-hmm. 
you know, whatever mythological creatures are going to pop up. I'm just wondering if there's like the beasts have kind of a, a similar demon blood in them that just creates an affinity between the demon blood and creatures. I just think they're just Isabeau, an extension of them. Yeah, don't, well, but Isabeau and Apollo had an affinity and he's not her familiar, but she's a carrier. She's a, a carrier of blood rage. So she does have some demon, uh, junk DNA, junk demon DNA in her. Well, the way I see it is the griffin came from Philip, so he's part of right. Philip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isabel's blood runs through Philip, so. But what I'm saying is, there maybe there's a genetic component to it too. Right, is and why Rebecca has an affinity for Baldwin. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. And I'm saying, yeah, there's a genetic component because that's Isabeau's blood that runs through Philip. But okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there. and I'm still thinking that there's something about Baldwin that makes him a carrier, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I which guess is, we'll which see. Blow the top of his head off if he ever found out. I know. <laughs> Five books ahead really of us, funny. Jean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at that book you're at, Jean. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I jumped, my I jumped ahead and looked at the end. I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jean's got her Sorry. own set of books in a, a parallel universe. I know. It's like time walked. Wait, I, time walked by the rest of, I time walked by the rest of the books. <laughs> She's got all the alternate ending books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pick page B this time. Yeah. <laughs> those are good I love those books. I know. I know. Okay. So anything else to talk about as far as the book overall? I love the Your way it impressions. all, they all played all the different, the three different storylines played off it of was, one another. Yeah. I think it, they made each of them stronger. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Were, I, and, and while more than the sum of their parts. I'm glad it wasn't a standalone story. I think it was perfectly to have them all three yeah. in the same book. I mean, somebody, well, it somebody satisfies everybody. The, well, somebody also offered the criticism that, oh, well, these should have just been three separate novellas. But I don't, I like the way they, they dodged in and out of one another. Mm-hmm. Because, it was almost like a palate cleanser sometimes. Yeah, yes. it made sense, too. It made sense the way she did it. It's like we heard Marcus through his telling the tale to Diana. Mm-hmm. And then we heard about Phoebe because she was going through this change and Marcus is freaking out about her. And, you know, so we'll flip back and forth from Phoebe to Marcus. And, and, and I'll be honest, it helped with a couple of times where human Marcus's war stories got slowed down the plot pacing. Yes, yes. Yeah. I agree. It because, got bogged down a couple of times. Yep. I was just going to say that my personal opinion was Marcus had peaks and valleys. And I don't mean when I say valleys, like it was a bad thing. It just, like you said, it kind of got bogged down a little bit. And the twins were like all up on the uptick. And then Phoebe was nice and steady. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you were possibly also, worried, about, worried about where she was yeah. in her development. And yep. the, the present day story with popping in with the family was really nice because it satisfied that need. What are they doing now? Yeah. yeah. And I think it starts setting up for what's going to happen next without really saying anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now I'm want to know what kind of familiar Rebecca's Becca's going to have, if she's going to have one. You're right. Or if it's going to end up being, you know, what her special thing is, is going to be something different. I thought I had Entirely. read somewhere that Deb had said, we have yet to see what Rebecca's familiar is oh, going yeah, to be. She, oh, like, Deb, know, Deb knows what her familiar yes, is going to be, right. but she hasn't, yep. she isn't telling yet. Right. I'm interested. With, with that said, though, about Marcus's 
I wouldn't have wished for anything else. Even if there are certain periods, I'm like, okay, it still picked up and I still enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I, I can't say, oh, I wish it was this instead, or I wish it was shorter, or less detail or more detail or whatever. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like the whole thing. I wouldn't have changed, wouldn't wish for anything else. Where did it slow down? French Revolution or the American Revolution? For American you? for me. Really? Yeah. There were some uh, parts. Yeah. There were some parts. A, pa- a couple more like pages. Like, I don't know. Like, how many more pages is in here? It feels like this should be a conclusion right now. And it wasn't. And it still yeah. went on. But then all of a sudden it started to pick up again. Right. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah, the I, American Revolution. The French Revolution slowed down for me. See, for me, it didn't only because part of it was is all of a sudden you've got grandma and grandpa and they're going, dude. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> see, that that's why that was just like boom, 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 because it's like I was really dying to see what Marcus and Philippe would be like together. And that, that I really in, really sailed for me. I really enjoyed Marcus's journey when he's on his own trying to make his way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in his mm-hmm. life. And I felt like in the French Revolution, he was kind of looked over too much. It was right. too much. Yes, right. <laughs> it felt like too many people over his shoulder just but, watching but him. that was the whole point. You've yeah, got, I know. You know, with him being the vampire from the Age of Reason and then trying to assimilate into this really micromanaging patriarchal medieval clan. And it's almost ends of the spectrum that human Marcus was totally living the think stale all through the American Revolution for many yes. reasons. For many mm-hmm. reasons, yeah, yeah. It's almost like he came well, prepared. He was even doing that as a child with his father's mercurial mm-hmm. moods. Yeah, and maybe it's not just Marcus. Maybe it's the time period. I mean, you did you your job was to survive in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sink or swim. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you get the crops in, you get them picked up, you feed the chickens. <laughs> you know. yeah, <laughs> there's no repeating. grocery store. Yeah, there's no grocery store down the, so, down the yeah. street. The survival of the fittest seems so elementary now, but <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is pretty elementary. Oh, no joke. Okay, so I think we've picked this clean. I mean, for before we get into chapter reads, right. after yeah. we do Book of Life. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. I did too. God, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. The end was perfect. It was, the, it, it was like the quiet, sweet, perfect end that it needed. I thought the whole book was nice and calm and quiet. Yep. After all that drama. It was oh, the God, trilogy. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was so enjoyable. Like, seriously, yes. thoroughly enjoyable. Now, I didn't tackle the audio yet. Valerie, you have? I have. What do you think? And I, the narrator takes a few chapters to get used to after Jennifer Akita. Mm-hmm. There are some pronunciation differences with Mart and Marth. Mm-hmm. She says Marth. And from what I read, Deb says they're both correct. Right. So, I read that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in my head, I'm always hearing Mart because I got so used to how Jennifer yeah. Aketa says it. She does the children's voices beautifully. She can drop Aww. her, she can Aww. get her voice in that high range and, and it sounds just like a child. And she does them beautifully. Even when she gets into the Diana voice, it's still good. It takes getting used to. I'm not even going to lie. It's it's kind of jarring when you first hear her. And Matthew is kind of hard to discern mm. from maybe another male. She does an excellent French accent to the point where it's like authentic French accent versus... Mm-hmm. Accenty fr- accent. Yeah, <laughs> right. versus when we hear a French accent on TV, that's what we expect <laughs> from Jennifer Akeda. It's a boy impression. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 <laughs> no, Jennifer Kidd is way better than that. <laughs> no, I know. Mine's Julia, mine's Julia Child. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. 
But yes, um, I recommend listening to it. It is going to be jarring for a few chapters, and I just powered through it. It's really good. It's just a matter of getting acclimated then, really and truly. It's just, like I said, I, I know I've said this in another episode, people don't like change. They like consistency. You just have to be open-minded. And once you just relax your brain and stop worrying yeah. about it, it's fine. Right. See, it's totally I, fine. And it's I still think my idea of going with a male narrator probably would have worked out a lot better. Really? Only because then you're not comparing apples and apples. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't we ask two narrators about that? would be good. I thought we yeah. asked him about that at the con. Yeah, Deb, Deb said that they had actually looked into doing three. Because I said, well, three narrators. You know, Jennifer for Diana's portions, and it would have been wonderful to have a male voice for Marcus and a new voice for Phoebe's story. She goes, yeah, yeah. we couldn't get. We I don't know if it was cost prohibitive or schedule scheduling wise, but that's they three actors you happen. have to pay. Yeah. yeah, those actors have to eat, man. Oh, she said, oh, that's really <laughs> hard. And it's like I was talking about. Jewel, not duet. Duet would have been really hard because having everybody cut back and forth and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, cutting back and forth... Yeah, cutting back and forth, you either have to have one person record their end and the other one respond to that and then slice them all together. So you have to pay a really good editor. Yeah. Um, I know usually when... You have to pay all these actors. Usually when Andy Art Art does projects like that, well, she usually does romance, so you've only got two narrators to deal with, but she and Sebastian York will... do it together. Yeah, I mean, if They'll you have a schedule together, that works together. Forth, yeah. so. Okay, so I think we've uh, done this. So let's do last thoughts and things we can't let go of after this. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Hit us up on social media, and we are at Demons Discuss or at Demons Domain. Join our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there, too. Become a discusser. And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., Text ADOW as an ADAL, as in a discovery of witches. So text ADOW to 444 999 or visit demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the form, and spammer code, and that's it, your discusser. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com, to see what we're up to. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Keep Angela alive! So go ahead with your last thought, Jean. I hope we make it all the way through in the series so we can see times convert on the screen. Because I think Ed Lumel. I don't think you have any just, argument from Val. Oh, <laughs> we just. Oh, do this. Oh, this book on the screen would be so fabulous. Really and truly. Shh, shh, I'm picturing it. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> I won't say anything else. It would be great. He'd be great at this. Oh, I'm pretty it, sure. Yeah, and here's my other last thought. Deb, okay. Deb decided to go there. No more. It's a lot less fade to gray. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all very tasteful and beautiful. And it was. It was. It was great. It was good. What did you think? 
when I'm like, okay, because the whole Matthew thing and the bundling and all the bullshit, I'm like, I kept thinking, I'm like, so before Phoebe became a vampire, did they do it or was he modeling his dad? No, they 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 did it before. They totally did it before, right? (laughs) They totally did it a lot. He had the exchange of the Christmas present that made her blush. Yeah, <laughs> they totally did it in every damn ho- every damn room in Septours. Are you kidding? Me? Yeah, <laughs> they did it on Philippe's desk. I was still wondering when I opened this book. I was just like, okay, so is Marcus taken after his dad? And then I read further. I'm like, oh no, they've already done yeah. this. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why there's not that much. The longing. deleted, yeah, the deleted chapter uh, introduction for Barnes and Noble. Deb was talking about how it ended up. She kept trying to write about that time period while Diana and Matthew were time walking and what was going on with Marcus at Septours and, and all that and right. that deleted chapter is part of that but she was saying how it kept bending the timeline and the time and the flow out of whack I'm just yeah. wondering if she <laughs> part of it also was too is dealing with their quote unquote courtship well yeah because yeah. <laughs> she, she's been very blunt you're not going to see their courtship yeah I right. think, that, yeah, I think they were fucking like bunnies oh alright uh, Angela What are your last thoughts? I just have a big to-do list with Times Convert yet. I haven't even just been busy with life and reading the book. um, It hasn't been enough. I haven't done any our Pinterest boards. I haven't listened to the audio book. I haven't (laughs) listened to the playlist, which I don't normally do, but I want to see what's on it at least. So Mm -hmm. I got a my to-do list for Times Convert is long. Oh, it's very long. Mine as well. I'm just going, I'm just finally reading it the second time and actually highlighting stuff and yeah. doing some notes and, and whatnot. And I haven't even gotten started really digging so in. So when did our life start getting so, so busy where it's like, you have to make a to-do list for all soul stuff? <laughs> I mean, seriously! <laughs> it's insane. It is insane. Uh, but I love it. Okay, uh, I guess my last thought is I want to remind people that submission for Ask a Demon is open until the 20th of October. So remember, Ask a Demon is only voicemail, speak pipe, or you can send us a voice memo. Make sure it's between one to three minutes long. You can either send a voice memo to demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Call us at 360-519-7836 or contact us on SpeakPipe and that's speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. And that was my last thought. I think that's it. I think we're done. We good? We're good. Yes. Yay. Yay. We can't wait to get, get into this. Uh, chapter by chapter. I know. At the, at the micro level. I know, but we still have half a shadow of night. I and... was going to say, I don't know if our audience, good or bad or otherwise, realizes how many episodes we have to do between <laughs> the books, the TV show, the oh yeah, everything. We might, oh, we'll, be doing this, we'll be doing this for years. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, oh. I, as we always joke, we're like, am I going to have to put this in my will? <laughs> That's like, <laughs> oh, my God. That'll be like when, when an author passes away and then they have another author. Like, I don't like how they wrote that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Well, um, we'll know when to end it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we should probably tell you guys, we have worked out how we're going to do the TV show. When it airs in the U.S. is when we'll start releasing episodes very soon after. We're going to start releasing episodes that are going to be weekly. Um, we're not going to do any save it for the show or housekeeping. It's just going to be the TV show. And it's uh, the after show will go on as usual, fortnightly. And then after we're done, 
We will revisit episode five or take five, which was our original TV show. Mm -hmm. And we will compare notes, what we wish for back then and what we got. Mm -hmm. And that should be fun. Very. And then we'll go back to our fortnightly schedule doing chapters and bonus editions and character studies Mm -hmm. and whatever else that comes to us. So yeah, that's it. I think that's a good plan. Excellent. I mean, it's it's the plan. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows how that's going to go? Yep. Okay. So you guys ready to say goodbye? Yes. Yes, ma'am. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Farewell. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time. Mm